one of the common things I see is, let's say somebody goes through a very negative dental experience, and it might be associated with a trauma. You know, it could be a car accident. It could be spousal abuse. It could be just a simple uh, trip and fall, you know, and like negative emotions get stored up or connected to this oral issue. And I, I know it sounds kind of weird, but sometimes they just say, you know, and, and they stop taking care of their mouth and brushing and flossing and and they just don't do anything. And, and as time goes by, as your plaque builds up and becomes calcified and the gums get inflamed, those inflammatory markers and issues that get kicked off systemically are going to impact everything in your body, your, you know, pancreas, thyroid, uh, you know, heart, brain, you name it, like everything that's attached to your mouth, which is your entire body is at risk as gum health starts to um, deteriorate. Hey, welcome to another episode of the Keto Diet Podcast. I'm so pumped to be talking about dental infections and procedures. We're going to be busting through some myths around root canals, wisdom teeth removal, crowns, amalgams, how to be less invasive, how to give your dentist more details and look for a dentist that's going to help you and come alongside you and listen. We're talking about the differences between biological and traditional dentistry. My goal today is to change your mind about how you're looking at your oral health. We talked about this in the podcast interview that I'm just about to share with you that when it comes to dentistry, instantly we think it's going to be expensive, it's going to be painful. And I can't make this happen right now. And I've been there. I've had to have a couple of procedures in my mouth that it's like, how much do you want for what now? Um, and so I don't want you to walk away from today's episode feeling overwhelmed and feeling like you can't make a difference. At the end of our episode, we're talking about some of the practical solutions. If you enjoy today's episode, you're really going to love episode 441 with Dr. Clayton that released at the beginning of October, talking about fillings and why they're not always the answer. So if you want to learn more about oral health and really just shift your, your mind, your thoughts, your perspective around dentistry and what is possible, if you take more of a biological approach to things, both of these episodes are right up your alley. And also in today's episode with Dr. Kelly Blodgett, we talked a little bit about energy work. Now, as a Christian, I know that there are many Christian women listening today, and this might trigger a red flag for you. So I wanted to just kind of make an aside piece here for the Christian ladies listening. This is a challenging topic for all of us because each of us are going to have different convictions. And so if there is a practice that you don't align with, that you feel that the Holy Spirit is convicting you over, then who am I to say, go ahead and do this? In today's episode, we are talking a little bit about energy meridians. I feel very comfortable using these as somebody who was in the new age for basically my whole life. I have seen energy meridians be used clinically outside of the woo-woo energy stuff of just medically approaching a situation. And I do feel that that is how Dr. Kelly Blodgett approaches these things. So I felt comfortable with this conversation. Myself personally, I 
am comfortable if I find the right practitioner to do things like acupuncture, which uses very similar meridian points and similar structure to their practice. But when it starts getting into more of the religious side of acupuncture, whose roots are in Taoism, then I kind of draw the line. So I think some of these practices can be used clinically and be used just looking at the facts, looking at the science. And there's a lot of facts and science behind meridians that I feel comfortable with it. But if you don't, then that's okay. And so I just wanted to set that kind of aside here, because it's my responsibility, I feel like as a Christian sharing content that I share that with you. So our guest today is Dr. Kelly Blodgett. If you remember, Autumn McLeese came on the show um, in October, um, and we were talking about alternative treatments, IVs, dental infections, and she mentioned Dr. Kelly Blodgett. And I was like, hmm, I feel like we need to have him on the show. And he agreed to come on. He is redefining the modern dental experience to one that is 100% positive. Over the past 22 years, he has created a practice recognized as an international National hotspot for integrative biological dentistry and dental tourism. I didn't even know dental tourism was a thing. There you have it. He attracts people who seek a holistic biological approach to their oral and whole body health. Through his weekly Toxic Tuesday and Wellness Wednesday social posts, Dr. Blodgett shares truths not commonly discussed in traditional dental settings. His post series illustrates his patients' incredible journeys back to health, along with providing the best practices for predictable oral and systemic health. I'm telling you right now, after my conversation with Dr. Blodgett, I feel like if I have any like big oral issues... I'm going to head up to Oregon and check out his practice. So I guess dental tourism at its finest. So like I said, today we're really going to be talking about the differences between biological and traditional dentistry. We're going to be going through common procedures and what to look for, what to watch out for, and then some practical solutions and advice for good oral hygiene and how to really take care of our oral health. Okay, let's cut to today's episode. Hey, my name is Leanne Vogel. I'm fascinated with helping women navigate how to eat, move, and care for their bodies using a low-carb diet. I'm a small-town holistic nutritionist turned three-time international best-selling author turned functional medicine practitioner, offering telemedicine services around the globe to women looking to better their health and stop second-guessing themselves. I'm here to teach you how to wade through the wellness noise to get to the good stuff that'll help you achieve your goals. We're supporting your low-carb life beyond the if-it-fits-your-macros conversation. Hormones, emotions, relationship to your body, workouts, letdowns, motivation, blood work, detoxing, metabolism. I'm providing the tools to put your motivation into action. Think of it like quality time with your bestie mixed with a little med school so you're empowered at your next doctor visit. Get ready to be challenged and encouraged while you learn about your body and how to care for it better. This is the Keto Diet Podcast. Hey, Dr. Blodgett, what's going on? Thanks for coming on the show. Thank you, Leanne, for inviting me. I imagine this is going to be an amazing hour of connection and and sharing some things hopefully that people have never heard before. Yes, including myself. I my husband had amalgam fillings. I think like 11 or 13 of them. He grew up in Germany 
and he had mercury toxicity like crazy. And this was my first introduction to mouths. And then fast forward a bunch of years, my mom was diagnosed with Parkinson's. And one of the key driving factors was that she had a implant in her mouth that was a specific metal that she was sensitive to that was giving her a ton of issues. And I don't know a lot about dentistry, but these two experiences kind of back to back were just like, okay, there's something to this. And so I really wanted to have you on the show to talk about oral health and infections and how we're thinking about mouths and how this impacts the rest of our body. So I'm so excited to have you on and I know I'm going to learn a whole bunch too. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Well, I mean, let's just dive in. I think that, I mean, some of the things I want to share just based on what you uh, shared about your husband and your mom is like, you know, just thinking about how freely we treat the mouth as though it's some toxic waste dump where we can put whatever and it's not going to have an impact on uh, people's health and wellness. I mean, it's chronic sources of oxidative stress, you know, and you can't, you cannot like green diet or keto diet or any other diet away, you know, get yourself out of chronic oxidative stress when you have this stuff in your mouth. And it's one of the odd things in health where like you could reduce exposure to a lot of things in our world. But once it's implanted in your mouth or into your teeth, how do you get, you know, how do you minimize exposure? So I imagine we'll talk a lot about different aspects of dental care and how that ends up resulting in oxidative stress for people's health. What I'm really hearing you say is, and this is a challenge throughout all of the allopathic world, is just seeing certain body parts separate from the whole system. But what I've experienced, even in my own health journey is that like the mouth is separate from the rest of the body. And we don't even, we don't even think, I, I know I have that challenge with my clients. This is probably the the top topic that people don't want to get into is like, what's going on with your mouth? Cause it's expensive. The minute you say dentistry, people will kind of freak out. What I'm hearing you say is that just like other allopathic pieces, the mouth is seen kind of separate to the rest of the system. Is that fair to say? Yeah, I think it's we're in an interesting space right now in terms of I don't love this term, the term oral systemic health links. It's like, duh, of course your mouth, you know, it's like your mouth is an integral part of your body. Why are we by saying oral and systemic health? It's like they are all the same thing. But anyway, you know, as it relates to gum health, you know, in the last 20 to 30 years, there's been a lot of push within the dental profession and rightfully so, to acknowledge that when you have chronic gum disease, you're going to have an increased risk of all sorts of systemic health issues. It makes perfect sense. The odd thing is, you know, if you have titanium implants in your jawbones to which you're sensitive, that is also going to create a high degree of oxidative stress, but we kind of ignore that, right? Or if you have root canals, which we know scientifically are a chronic source of microbial exposure. I mean, like every second of every day, just like gum disease would be, we kind of ignore that as well because, you know, it's not convenient, frankly, to say that, well, geez, you know, in America, we did two, like 25 million root canals last year. And, uh, you know, what are we going to do? Tell people, oh, yeah, we actually acknowledge that they are, in fact, a chronic source of microbial exposure. And that's probably not great for your health. I mean, that would be um, probably a medico-legal nightmare. Can you imagine? 
but it's so there's this dichotomy of like oh gum disease gum infection bad root canal infection no it's fine you know it's craziness and hopefully in time the dental profession will start to acknowledge all right that you know there are better ways and we have to go back to the start which is you know nutritionally based and gut health based and you know manage those things so that people don't express symptoms like tooth decay and gum inflammation right so you've said oxidative stress a couple of times what have you seen in your practice to kind of gather up the community the ladies that are listening right now to like peek their ears and be like what are you seeing express itself in the body outside of standard gum disease like are you seeing eczema or parkinsons or like what are the things that you're seeing express in in an unhealthy mouth environment yeah that's a great question it's a tough question to answer because like everything about your health is connected to your mouth so like let me just let's focus in on what did i see this week how about that you know okay deal <laughs> i i saw a, a young woman who was explaining to me how she had a mouthful of mercury fillings. She wasn't noticing too many health issues until she had trauma to a front tooth. The front tooth was taken out. She had a titanium implant put in, which when you put in a titanium implant, not only do you have the metal alloy of the implant, there's a separate metal alloy for the abutment that holds the crown on and a separate metal alloy for the retention screw. And she had metal tacks placed in her jaw to, hopefully, you know, hold some bone graft in. So due to the addition of four more metal alloys, suddenly she starts experiencing massively painful periods. Well, when you look at the, the anode of that electrical storm that they created with all those metal alloys, they're creating a battery. It was, you know, being that it's her front tooth, it's on the energetic meridian of her uterus, her ovaries, her kidneys, you know, the whole female reproductive system. So she was explaining how when she had her metal fillings removed, the symptoms decreased, but she's still suffering, you know, from menstrual issues. So like her next step was, I want to get this stuff out, you know, which we did this week. We removed all the metals that were in her head. Uh, so I'll be highly interested to see, you know, uh, mostly through text messages, how she's recovering because she flew to Portland, Oregon from um, Southern Missouri to have this managed. So that's one human being's story and experience, you know, as widely as you can imagine from dermatological issues, skin problems, to tinnitus and vertigo, to joint pain, to, oh my gosh, I'm thinking of one gentleman, his story was so amazing where I had suggested he remove the mercury from his mouth, you know, for the sake of his health. And he decided to go see another dentist because uh, it was cheaper and they were on his insurance plan. And instead of just removing the mercury and replacing the mercury that was there with like a ceramic material or some composite or something, they just whittled his crowns or his teeth down to nubs for crowns, which then killed the nerves of the teeth. So now the guy had, you know, <laughs> he goes from having four teeth with mercury fillings to three of those teeth having root canals. And as soon as they did the root canals, the guy could not have a solid bowel movement. It was just chronic diarrhea. And this went on for about 18 months until his sister, who's a patient, said, look, you got to go back and see Dr. Blodgett. I took the guy's three teeth out. I'll never forget. It, it was like a month after COVID hit, you know, because I'm like, I've got to help this guy. I don't care what the, the board says about, you know, like 
only emergencies. In my mind, if you can't like have a solid poop, that's a health emergency. So we got his three teeth out. When we saw him two weeks later to get his stitches out, like it looked like a different human being. He had lost like 20 pounds of water weight. He was he had pooped normally that night, you know, and continuously did. So the thing is, is that people experience all these systemic health issues. They've never stopped to question, and certainly their health providers usually don't either, to what extent might the mouth be involved? I'm not saying that the mouth is at the root cause of every health issue for every person, certainly not. But being that it is a part of our whole physiologic, you know, energetic being, we have, and and I should add, the place that's most commonly abused, right? Drill it and put toxic materials in. Uh, kill teeth and do root canals, take out dead teeth or whatever, put in, you know, oxidizing metal alloys in the form of titanium implants. You know, all these things change the bioenergetics of our being. And uh, oftentimes, like in the case of root canals, exposes us to microbes in our living jawbone that otherwise in health we would not experience. You mentioned energetic meridians earlier when you were speaking of that initial client. Can you explain what that is for individuals who might not be familiar with that term? Yeah, absolutely. The simplest way for people to check this out is like that you can go to my website, blodgettdentalcare.com. Under the um, connections heading, they can go in there and, and search out the energetic meridian chart. It's an interactive chart that we use. So you can click on a tooth. You know, let's say you've had a root canal and a tooth. You can just click on that. I mean, people take for granted like, yeah, acupuncture. Sure. I totally get it. I go to the, see the acupuncturist, you know, or they might see, uh, uh, you know, a chiropractor, you know, anybody who does energy work and helps the body function more optimally. That's totally accepted. The energy meridians along our organs, fascia also innervate and, and travel through the oral cavity. So when we change the energy of teeth or or the bone, you know, that hold the teeth, you're going to impact the energetic flow to every organ that's connected to that tooth. So it's really helpful when you're having dental work to consult an energy meridian chart, you know, a dental energy meridian chart. Uh, we have them hanging all over our office so that people can become aware but I will say, you know, the the one that we have on our website, it's just easy to use. You know, if your dentist says, oh, yeah, we're doing a root canal on number tooth number three. Well, heck, you can go to the site, click on tooth number three and look at every body part that is connected from, you know, your vertebrae to your organ systems, um, what have you. So, yeah, it's it's really helpful to understand that. I find when people become aware of that and they start consulting an energy meridian chart, they start seeing their own health story kind of spread out in front of them, starting to make sense because like, oh my gosh, I've been pursuing, trying to resolve what, you know, fill in the blank for 15 years. And interestingly enough, it all started 16 years ago after I had this root canal or whatever, you know, they're able to kind of stitch the historical perspective together. So it's, it's pretty cool when you start becoming aware. Completely. And so you mentioned kind of that drill it and fill it mentality of the allopathic kind of traditional dentistry approach. Later in the conversation, I'd love to go through practical solutions of just, I never want these big conversations to turn into everything's messed up. 
unless you have a ton of money, there's nothing you can do. And just everyone leaves the episode feeling like, okay, so I need to just do what I'm doing. I can't change anything. So we're definitely going to get there for those listening. Like, don't worry about the doom and gloom. When we're talking about the biological versus traditional dentistry, what are some of the key issues or frustrations? Like you mentioned that gentleman who, because of cost, went for another alternative and he wasn't cared for properly. Other frustrations or things that you see that you want to highlight for us? Well, yeah. And and I want to be clear, I'm not saying he wasn't treated properly. Like based on the standard of care in dentistry, he was treated exactly the way we were trained to do it in school. You know, oh, you got metal fillings in your teeth and like a slight fracture. We kind of ignore, by the way, the fact that he's chewed on those teeth for 35 years and had zero issues. You know, it's like, well, you know, mercury bad. Let's grind your teeth down to nubs. And uh, it's thoughtless. You know, I will say that it's thoughtless care, which leads to like you can imagine, right? You you strip all the enamel off of a tooth. You know, you're creating a lot of friction and heat. It's understandable that the nerve inside the tooth could get fried and, you know, end up dying or create a heck of a lot of pain, which it did for this poor fellow. And then, you know, well, hey, lucky you, we have a solution called a root canal, you know, and, and so now that tooth becomes like a energetic resistor, which then decreases energy flow to, in his case, large intestine. And, uh, you know, it would make perfect sense that he can't have a normal poop. So I just wanted to be clear that I'm not, I'm not judging, but I do want people to be aware that anything you change in any part of your body, whether it's physical, emotional, spiritual, it, it's going to have an impact. You know, things will shift. We've just been trained that like teeth are like wood or something. You know, you can just drill it and fill it and uh, there's no impact to your health. The crazy thing that I see is that by the time most people find me in my, my practice, they're like, I've told this story to six dentists and they all tell me it's cra- I'm crazy and it's, you know, I need to go find a psychologist or something. And it's like, wow, you know, this human being is literally laying out for us, the provider, what happened. And, and even if we don't know necessarily why, they're sharing their experience. And I find there's so much truth when we take the time to listen. And so like in my practice, all we do on Monday morning, or not Monday morning, pardon me, the entire day of Monday is see new patients. We don't do anything else. Every person has at least two hours uh, committed to their new patient experience so that we can actually sit there and listen. And that's how we get to the core of issues is when we listen to people, they'll tell the story. And uh, I find there's, like I personally have few frustrations in what we do because of the fact that we listen. So, you know, people tell us what's going on. We look in their mouth, we go, huh, do you see the connections here? Because we're giving them the information to do so. They're like, wow, how soon can I get that fixed? You know, and I'm glad that we're going to talk about practical solutions today. It's a common thing I hear from people on social media. Well, you know, this is all for the rich and yada, yada. And it's like, okay, you know, I get it. We're all, but at the end of the day, we're all going to make investments in our health one way or another, whether that means we're investing in our health by buying rockstar energy drink every day you know, and taking down Lord knows how many, you know, grams of sugar or 
NutraSweet or whatever and putting taxation on our bodies nutritionally, that's one type of investment. You know, it's going to yield crappy results, in my opinion. But we're spending money on it. We're spending money on alcohol. We're spending money on cigarettes. Spending money on marijuana. You know, it's like, again, no judgment. Like, people are going to do what they're going to do. But just understand, like, we all are responsible for our own health. Uh, once we can become aware that, like, okay, well, I got these five mercury fillings. How nice is it to be armed with information that I could get it all fixed tomorrow? I could pick a tooth a year? Like, you can come up with a plan that works for you, whether it's quickly or, or more slowly, to move toward health. And at the very least, you know, we hope, or at least I hope today to arm people with truthful information. Yes. I know when my husband, I don't even know how we ended up getting him a mercury test. I think I got a free kit from some company that was like, test your mercury. And I was like, well, this will be fun, babe. We'll just test your mercury and just kind of see. And then it came back and I had a consultation with the practitioner and she was like, you need to talk to a dentist immediately. These amalgams need to come out. And I mean, we were taught, it was, it was very expensive. And just to your point, we did a tooth. I think it was a tooth every six months. And because of some situation in his mouth, he had to get like gold fillings instead of something else. So it was like this whole big, big event. But you're right. It's like we we end up putting our our resources in something. And so that shifting of priorities, oftentimes it goes with anything. If you are looking at one of your friends who goes to the gym six days a week and you're like, how do you even have time for that? And the friend is like, I don't know, it just kind of happened over time and I've made it a priority and now it's part of my life. I couldn't imagine my it any other way. I think all those little baby steps make such a big difference and being able to sit down with the information and equip yourself. That's the key piece that I'm hearing you say is like, getting the information, equipping yourself so that you can make decisions. Because right now, you don't know what's going on in some cases. And so getting that information is step number one. Would you agree? Absolutely. Well, and what I find, and I'm sure you have too, you know, being a, a successful person yourself, like you look like when you put your mind towards something and and it's like, this is what I'm going to do with my life's energy and purpose. Well, go figure, you know, results start to happen. I mean, I have helped so many people where they're like, I don't even know, you know, how I how I got here. They started a, a GoFundMe account or something like, you know, I love that. Right. It's like they're bound and determined to get this done and get healthy, whatever that means. Boy, it's it's hard to stop, you know, desire once once people are determined, like, all right, I'm ready to get healthy. I deserve that. I want it for myself and let's get her done. I, that's. I love helping people in that scenario. It's just, it's, it's a, a quite a rewarding life, honestly, to get to help people get back to health. Yeah. Same with me. And you can tell, you can see that client from a mile away. They're just so committed and they're so ready. And they're like, I don't know how all this is going to work, but I'm here to learn and ask questions and listen and explain. And it's just, you just want to help them. And I think that they have a better outcome because of that like energy that they put out there too, of just like, I'm willing and able and I'm listening to my body and I'm ready to go. It's just, you want to be a part of that, right? Absolutely. Well, gosh, I mean, the energy, I love that word. It's like that the spirit, the emotional aspect, like it all matters. You know, my, 
my background before I was a dentist was in psychology. And I think I've always looked at how we engage with human beings very differently. You know, to my mind, it's like, yes, of course, all the objective stuff is important, you know, like understanding clinically what's going on in a person's mouth. But I would dare say, more importantly for me, how do you feel about this? How has it impacted your life? You know, let's talk about your the emotional connections to this whole thing so that we can know one another and I can be present in all ways that would be helpful to you, not just the management of, of you know, objective clinical findings. Yes, completely. And where that differs from more of the traditional dentistry to kind of loop that in is what I'm hearing you say is that they're not thinking ahead and they're not listening. That's kind of what I took away from that. And I think that goes for any practitioner, anybody that you're working with, whether it be a coach or literally anyone, if they're not thinking ahead and they're not listening and they're not caring, there's a big disconnect. And it's the same thing with nutritionists. We don't learn a lot of this stuff. We come straight out of school, like calories in, calories out. Here's how you lose weight. Like no excuses, boop, boop, boop. And when you get into the real world, you're like, this is not going to work. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's such a, it's funny. Uh, the functional nutritionist here in Portland with whom I work on a daily basis, she was just speaking at a conference last weekend in, in down in Arizona and, and I had my team down there and she was say, talking about that exact thing. Like, Okay, so I learned all these things and that doesn't really pan out in the real world. You know, it's like, okay, so that's okay. Like time to start learning more. Yeah, one of the things I really am, am passionate about is language and like intentional language. In that realm, I ask my team members when they first come on board to not use the words need or should. I just tell them, like, as long as you're here, I don't want to hear the words need or should because nobody needs teeth. I know that sounds crazy, but people don't need teeth. I have I have patients who have full dentures, upper and lower, and they're lovely people. They don't need teeth. You know, they're awfully nice to have, I will admit, of course. Right. But it's not a need. So to tell people, you know, like you need fillings, you need crowns, you need da, 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 da. It's not true. Right. It's just absolutely it's erroneous. And it, it kind of. I understand why psychologically healthcare providers use that term because they're using their power in a forceful way, you know, as, a, as opposed to trying to resonate with a person's own values. And the should thing is just a guilt provoking deal, right? Like, well, you should be flossing more. You should brush more. You shouldn't drink so much, you know, coffee or what. I mean, who knows what, right? People don't want to hear that. They want to hear their own goals and values recognized so that they know that the human being in front of them actually cares about them as a person, not just as, you know, teeth to fix. Yes, completely, completely. Americans spend on average 90% of their time indoors and take about 20,000 breaths a day. According to the EPA, indoor air quality is two to five times more polluted than outdoor air, and in some cases up to 100 times more polluted. Data shows that air pollution is responsible for nearly 7 million premature deaths globally. 
Now, I live in a very confined space, 900 square feet with a Doberman, my husband, and a lot of potential for water leaks. As somebody who's struggled through getting sick from mold in my home, I know the impact poor air quality can have on your health, including difficulty sleeping, brain fog, sinus infection, shortness of breath, feeling achy all over, waking up not feeling rested, and sometimes even worse than when you went to sleep. Now, I purchased an Air Doctor 3000 model in 2020. Now, there are a lot of purifier systems out there bidding for your attention. I landed on Air Doctor because its ability to filter out 99.99% of dangerous contaminants and allergens such as pollen, pet dander, dust mites, mold, and even bacteria and viruses, so your lungs don't have to. Plus, their purifiers also feature WhisperJet fans that are 30% quieter than ordinary air purifiers. We have another type of purifier in our bedroom, and that thing is not quiet. I really need to swap it out with an Air Doctor 1000 model at some point. The unit detects changes in air quality and increases its airflow to clean impurities really quick. It can run 24-7. In fact, mine is running in the background right now, and I bet you can't even hear it. And the filters are easy to replace every one to two years. Each Air Doctor comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee, so if you don't love it, just send it back for a refund minus shipping. Head to airdoctorpro.com and use the code KDP, and depending on the model chosen, you'll receive up to 39% off or up to $300 off your purchase. And exclusive to our community only, you'll also receive a free three-year warranty on any unit, which is an additional $84 value. Lock this special offer by going to airdoctorpro.com and use the code KDP. That's A-I-R-D-O-C-T-O-R-P-R-O.com and use the code KDP. Okay, so we touched on like a couple of issues ongoing in dentistry. You touched a little bit on root canals a tiny bit on gum health, a little bit on implants and crowns. Do you think it would be helpful to kind of go through each of these individual ones and kind of talk about some of the issues and positives, negatives, any thoughts you have on those sorts of things so we can absolutely. Oh man. Yeah. I'm really passionate right now about helping people understand because it's so ridiculously common you go into a dental office, and, and and by the way, I'll give you the background of why I'm so passionate about it right now. Earlier this year, we lost a couple of dental hygienists. So this whole like recare system we had built in our practice where, you know, people could come in and have their teeth cleaned and all that, we had to just let it go because I didn't have the team members to do that. So, you know, we've, we've tried to direct people to other practices where we know they're good providers and such. And so they go there, right? And of course, the providers don't think the way I do, you know, in a minimally invasive fashion. They just, you know, monkey see, monkey do. Oh, there's a tooth with a, you know, dark looking mercury filling with a black line. Clearly, it must need a crown. And so that's what they end up being told. You, Oh, you need three crowns. So... <laughs> That's the way you're taught in dental school. Just monkey see, monkey do. We don't ask questions. Well, tell me about, you know, how long have you had that feeling? Oh, 35 years? Okay. You ever had any pain with it when you chew on it? No? Okay. Like, how do we legitimize tearing off all the enamel on a tooth that is experiencing zero symptoms, you know, 
why wouldn't you just take out the mercury filling, assess what's going on inside the tooth, and then restore it appropriately, whatever that means. Because there isn't one tooth that's exactly the same as another, just like all human beings are different, right? So I'm really passionate about informing people that when you say yes to a dentist who says you need a crown, please understand that there is a very high chance that there are much less invasive ways to restore the tooth. You could just as effectively get rid of the mercury material or decay or whatever else might be going on, but you don't have to sacrifice all of the healthy enamel in almost all of the cases that I see. So once you've had all your own enamel stripped away, there's no getting it back. I don't care what kind of porcelain you're gluing to the tooth. It won't be the same. And the nerve, the likelihood that the nerve is going to be forever pissed off or die is so high. You know, so it's just the most common story I see where people say, well, the doc said I needed these crowns, so I got them. And then, you know, the teeth hurt and they said, well, you need root canals. And it's like, now I've got dead teeth. I've spent $5,000 per tooth, you know, for something that's making me more sick. That makes zero sense to me. And I'm not saying that there isn't an appropriate time for crowns on some teeth. Like it is a dental restoration worth utilizing in certain instances. But the vast majority of people that I meet who are saying, look, I want to get my mercury removed safely and I want to respect the structural integrity and the, the, the nerve health of my tooth. So the short and sweet of that is if someone, if a dentist tells you you need crowns, my advice to you is find a biological or minimally invasive dentist who will give you a second opinion. And I would ask the question, is there a less invasive way to meet my goal of removing toxic materials but respecting the health of my tooth. So hopefully that arms people with some good verbiage. If worse comes to worse and you see, you know, two more dentists and they all tell you you need crowns, you know, you can always reach out to me and, you know, ping us uh, through our website, send us a message. We're happy to help because I do know people across the country and and even outside of the country who are doing great things uh, much as we are here. So that's, that's my take on crowns. I mean, I'm sure we could Google, like, how many crowns are done in America per year? And, I mean, it would be in the hundreds of millions. That's a lot of, you know, stripping away of healthy tooth structure. That good on crowns? Yes, so good on crowns. So it sounds like what you're saying, because I'm not familiar with this, but if somebody wants to get their amalgams filling amalgam fillings out, the default is to do crowns on those teeth? Yes, and I see okay. it. Like, it's not like a, oh, every once in a while. It's like, because in dental school, that's what you're taught. Oh, there's an old filling. Like, here's a classic example. You got a molar, right? There's a a mercury filling on the bite surface of the tooth only. So if you you consider like how much total enamel is still left, it's like, you might still have 90% of your own healthy enamel there. But because of what happens when you cut a hole in the bite surface of a tooth, you basically take away the cross bracing structural integrity, like the way the the original cusps were tied together anatomically, you take away that structural integrity. So the portions of the teeth kind of at the front and the back then start to fracture. And that's just the way that the, the enamel naturally has to disperse stress because you're chewing on it and it's a crystalline structure. It has to crack somewhere. 
right? That's just how it distributes stress. So, and that's why I make the point of saying people will, will chew on these things for decades and have no problems. So dental students are taught, well, you see those fractures there, there's a possibility it might break in the future, you got to crown it. So literally all of the enamel gets stripped off of the tooth. And I'm not saying every dentist does this, okay? There are plenty of really minimally invasive, res biologically respectful providers out there who are going to do it like I do, which is first, you know, step one, take out the mercury and see what's going on inside the tooth. Step two, photograph everything that you see so that the patient be can become informed about why you made the decision to restore it. If there are no fractures underneath the cusps of the tooth, there's no reason to crown the tooth, period. So, but, you know, human beings don't know any better. You know, they're just going by what the dentist tells them. So it's a sad state of affairs, in my opinion. And, and to make matters worse, most dentists are now using what's called zirconia. It's a ceramic material. I just saw a woman this week. She's like, well, my dentist told me it was harder than diamonds. And I'm like, okay, well, I mean, I could put, you know, tires on your car that are harder than diamonds. Does that mean it's going to handle well when you drive it? Like, that doesn't make any sense to me. If you're going to replace enamel, why not use something that behaves like enamel? I don't need something that's 50 times harder, you know? And I notice a lot of people having problems both from the nerve, nerve health of the tooth because it got whittled down. But you put the zirconia on, it's so much harder than tooth structure. And tactily, people have this sense of like, it doesn't feel right. And I'm like, well, you know, here's probably why. Not to mention, it because of its the material properties, it's so inflexible, right? Once you take off the enamel and you put this crown that's so stinking inflexible, harder than a diamond, on the, the rest of the tooth, which is, which is mostly collagen, which is compressive, how, how is that going to stay stuck to the tooth? You know, I actually took a crown off for a woman just yesterday. She had seen me a year and a half ago. She had a dead tooth. And I'm like, you know, uh, it just, it, it had had another uh, restoration on it. I think a crown, maybe the nerve died. Tooth blows up, it's abscessing. I'm like, in my opinion, the only healthy option is to take that tooth out. She goes to see, her husband says, well, see the dentist that's on our, our plan. So she goes there, that dentist says, oh, we'll do a root canal. Now, explain to me how a treatment inside a tooth is going to clean up the infection that that tooth's been bathing in that's outside the tooth. It doesn't work at all. So she has the root canal. They put a new crown on it, made a zirconia. Of course, you know, a year later, everything still hurts because it's still all massively infected. And uh, I had the opportunity to cut her crown off yesterday that's made of zirconia. It's not even been glued on her tooth for a year. And already the amount of stain and breakdown underneath that crown is considerable. It's already reached the tooth within a year. You know, so just because something is massively hard does not mean it's a great solution for tooth uh, and like enamel replacement. That That's my take on zirconia crowns. I don't do them. I haven't done one in 15 years. I just don't believe it's a good option uh, for enamel replacement. But that would fly in the face of traditional care right now. Most dentists are using it because it's, dare I say, foolproof. I mean, it won't break. But just because something won't break doesn't mean it's healthy, right? 
enamel, healthy enamel will break if you hit it hard enough. There needs to be some forgiveness in the system. So I'm realizing how incredibly blessed my husband and I were in the mercury removal process because he has no crowns. <laughs> oh, thank God. Yeah, that's yeah. Oh, man. It's just such a rarity. You know, I mean, again, if somebody breaks half the cusps off their tooth, which happens, well, you know, crown's your best option. Like that does happen. But boy, I'll tell you what, and I've had a number of patients now where they've got, I saw a guy yesterday, he fractured one cusp off of his tooth, you know, again, because of our whole cleanings situation and such. I haven't seen him in a couple of years. He fractured a cusp off a tooth. His dentist said, hey, it needs a crown. I can do it right now. And the guy even got him numb. And, and the patient, thank goodness he listened to his gut. He's like, something didn't feel right about it. And I decided, you know what? I know I'm already numb, but I, I just want to get a second opinion. So he came in to see me. I'm like, dude, we, you know, the cusp was tiny. I'm like, we're just going to take out the filling that's next to it, rebond it all, just replace the parts that are broken. He had 80% of his healthy enamel still on his tooth. The dentist would have taken all of it away just to put a crown on the tooth. Wow. Okay. 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 Root canals. Thoughts on those? You kind of touched on them a little bit, but anything else you want to add to the root canal conversation? Yeah. So, you know, in dental school, you get taught how to drill, fill and kill and bill. And, you know, it's like if, if you do a filling or maybe the decay is real deep or whatever, like you need a root canal. And I've already shared with you how, how much I love the phrase you need uh, as it relates to dental care. So, you know, when you're doing a root canal, there is a small tunnel inside of every tooth and sometimes multiple tunnels. It's called the root canal. Inside that, for a healthy tooth, you've got blood supply, nerves, lymphatic drainage. When you're doing a root canal, you are removing all of those soft tissue components and filling it up with a metal oxide flexible point. You know, it's like the root canal filling called gutta percha. And the problem with root canal therapy, and it took me 15 years to, to wake up to this, the dentin of the tooth, which is, you know, 80% of your tooth structure right? The vast majority of your tooth structure isn't the enamel that we see when we smile, but this dentin structure underneath, it's entirely porous like a sponge. You can look it up, actually, for anybody that's interested. Type in SEM for scanning electron microscope, SEM view of dentin. And, you know, you'll see like, oh my goodness, it looks just like the sponge in my sink, you know? And the pores of our dentin are approximately 10 times wider in diameter than the microbes that live underneath our gums. So as soon as there's no longer soft tissue that fill all those millions of little tubules, microbes can just crawl on in and do, they absolutely do, infiltrate the tooth. So within a month after having your root canal, you now have what is effectively like a piece of balsa wood or a sponge that's connected to your living jawbone. Imagine the immune activation that occurs when you have a root canal, right? So somebody with high, high immune function and they're like, yeah, I'm eating a great diet. My gut health's awesome. I'm doing well. They might tolerate that for their entire life and it may not be an issue for them. It's possible. I end up, of course, I mean, it makes sense. I see the people that are suffering, you know? And I imagine that millions more are suffering where nobody's acknowledging their experience, like, you know, is it possible I had this root canal, like the woman I saw yesterday, you know, she had the root canal done, went back to her dentist and said, uh, it still hurts. 
you know? And the dentist is like, ah, you know, some root canals hurt. <laughs> in fact, all the infection is still there, you know? In fact, your immune system is having to manage that chronic infiltration. And it does, as, as a guy who takes out teeth on a daily basis, I can tell you the way that bone modifies itself in response to dead teeth being attached to it over time is considerable. And what that feels like is like, let's say somebody had to extract a tooth because, you know, it's maybe it was an orthodontic thing or as a wisdom tooth or bone is generally forgiving. You know, it's spongy, uh, you know, the tooth's held in by a ligament, typically healthy teeth. Uh, if you're removing it for whatever reason, they come right out. It doesn't take a lot of effort. Root canal teeth is entirely different. The way that the body starts to modify that bone connection, it just gets worse and worse. And what I mean by worse is more dense with time. So they can be very challenging to remove, uh, dare I say, conservatively. I mean, we do it. We've got a lot of different technologies and things to help us do that, but it's tough. And, and it's like, we should, um, dare I use the word should, be as clinicians, be paying attention to what the bone's telling us. You know, it's like, why is it so hard to get these out when healthy teeth, it isn't hard at all. It took me you know, probably 15 or more years to actually take a moment to think about that. I mean, it took me 15 years to of taking out dead teeth and wondering, huh, you know, when we do root canals, they're not, there's no blackness inside the tooth. Why is it that so often they're black when I remove the root? And then, you know, probably seven years ago, I started sending roots to a, a company called DNA Connections in uh, Colorado, where they will do microbial analysis of whatever you send them. And I'm telling you, oh my gosh, just, just the cases I've seen this week, like 30 or more microbes from their oral panel, we're talking bacteria, viruses, parasites in the teeth. And then I also have them run a, what's called a Lyme panel. You know, they, they'll test for 15 different Lyme associated microbes. Like half of the microbes that are Lyme associated are in the tooth roots. Isn't that cra that's crazy, right? That is crazy. That is crazy. Okay, wisdom teeth removal. Any thoughts on that cavitation situation? Oh, yeah, yeah. No, I mean, so because of a lot of reasons, you know, whether it's nutritionally based, the health of the mother, breastfeeding. I mean, there are so many things that play into the jaw formation of a baby human being, whether they will or will not have space for their own wisdom teeth, that it, it just varies from one human being to another. So for some people, is it appropriate to remove them based on their jaw size and structure? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. But what I disagree with is, and I get these messages sometimes on like Instagram where people say, well, my 18 year old is, and, and mind the, the phrasing, by the way, do for their wisdom teeth to come out. Like it's a, a book at the library, right? Like, oh, it's just, it's a time-based thing. Everybody gets them out. Of course, you know, you're a human being living on planet Earth. If you have wisdom teeth, they need to go. Like, I don't agree with that. As a matter of fact, I just saw a gentleman yesterday. He had all 32 of his teeth. I'm like, that's awesome. And his wisdom teeth are in wonderful working order. I mean, I truly believe God put them in your head for a reason, right? Now, again, I see plenty of instances where due to their positioning, they're actually creating a greater health risk keeping them. The trick is 
if you're going to remove them, how do we as clinicians help that human being to heal optimally so that they don't develop some degree of bone pathology, like you were just mentioning, a cavitation lesion? The term du jour for that is fatty degenerative osteonecrosis of the jaw, which means dead bone that's filled with fat uh, that that is literally giving off biochemical messengers that travels throughout your body and it can have very negative impacts on health. So helping people to heal well is crucial. A matter of fact, I took out the uh, upper wisdom teeth for my older daughter this summer. She's 21 and they were growing in sideways and creating problems. And I'm like, all right, well, we take them out and we treat them as we do any other extraction site, right? We clean the bone. We put her own healing cells in there. We treat it with ozone and vitamin C and things that we know are going to stimulate a healthy healing response. And so in that case, you know, I mean, she literally had no pain, didn't take any pain medication, took some homeopathics, used the red light therapy unit that we give to all of our patients post-surgically. And lo and behold, you know, she didn't even take an Advil. So, you know, healing is possible without pharmaceuticals when we start tapping into people's innate healing responses. Do you think within this conversation, it's appropriate to talk about gum health at all as it relates to everything? Or is it more kind of getting into the conversation around practical solutions? I'm unsure. (laughs) Well, I will say this. It is a foundational part of health. I've met a lot of people where, especially one of the common things I see is, let's say somebody goes through a very negative dental experience, and it might be associated with a trauma. You know, it could be a car accident. It could be spousal abuse. It could be just a simple uh, trip and fall, you know, and like negative emotions get stored up or connected to this oral issue. And I I know it sounds kind of weird, but sometimes they just say, you know, and and they stop taking care of their mouth and brushing and flossing and and they just don't do anything. And, And as time goes by, as your plaque builds up and becomes calcified and the gums get inflamed, those inflammatory markers and issues that get kicked off systemically are going to impact everything in your body, your, you know, pancreas, thyroid, uh, you know, heart, brain, you name it. Like everything that's attached to your mouth, which is your entire body, is at risk as gum health starts to um, deteriorate. If anybody's interested, they could read the be- the book Beating the Heart Attack Gene by Drs. Bale and Donine. They published information probably going back seven or eight years ago now, showing the direct pathway of oral inflammation and how it causes heart attacks and strokes. Causes. It was such an a, a amazing study. The book is excellent. It's written so well. I've encouraged many, many human beings to read it in the past because it's like if you want to understand how to decrease health risk, start informing yourself about what the risks are of the things going on in your mouth. Because the nice thing is with gum health, there are actually some easy ways to deal with that. You know, I mean, that's, again, not surprisingly based on my my biological approach. You know, I want to help people understand there are ways that we can reverse this in almost all situations and get your body back to health, you know, saving teeth sometimes, uh, well, most of the time, managing bad breath, you know, in the same time, like using some of the 
the hydrogen peroxide trace systems that we use, which will break down the chemical bonds of the tartar so we can remove it easier and more comfortably. It also brightens your teeth. Like, you know, there's a lot of hope. There's a lot of great minimally invasive and non-invasive therapies to consider. So hopefully, you know, people as they listen to this might look up some of that stuff like, uh, oh, there's a system called Perio Protect Trays. Find a dentist who's doing Perio Protect Trays. Like I discovered that eight years ago and I'm like, man, this is amazing. You know, a comfortable way of breaking down tartar bonds or calculus on your teeth at home on the daily. Like how nice is that? You know, that is awesome. I just, I just put that into Google. So I'm going to look at that after because that's fabulous, fabulous. When I started eating a low carb diet in 2014, I had no idea the impacts that low electrolytes would have on my overall health. I started keto, I added a little bit of pink salt to my water, but really didn't think that a lack of sodium, potassium, or magnesium would really throw me off. I can tell you after a couple of weeks of eating the ketogenic diet, it was very apparent that I needed electrolytes. Unfortunately, at the time, there was no element electrolytes. There was no such thing. I really had two different options. They weren't the best. I went and added pink salt to my water. That tasted not so great. Fast forward a whole bunch of years, Element came out with their first electrolyte powder, and I've been hooked ever since. In fact, little secret here, I actually add more salt to my Element packet because I'm crazy. So my very favorite way to enjoy Element electrolytes is to add it to my 24-ounce water bottle and add an additional quarter teaspoon of gray sea salt. Now, this isn't for everybody, but for individuals that are massively lacking sodium, I do have this issue personally. Um, It can display as allergies, apathy, abdominal bloating, depression, dizziness, fatigue, low blood pressure, low hydrochloric acid in your stomach, poor protein digestion, weakness, slow oxidation, and unfortunately, calcium supplements will make this even worse. And so, If you think that maybe, maybe you need more sodium on your ketogenic diet, the best way to bump this up is with electrolyte packets. I've had many coaching friends and clients tell me that they're taking anywhere between two to six packets a day. I know that it is my most favorite way to prepare for a workout is doing my electrolytes about 30 minutes before I work out. If you haven't tried Element and you're looking for a different type of electrolyte or you've never tried them before and you're curious if this is the missing ticket in your ketogenic diet, you can go to drinklmnt.com, grab a couple items, and get a free sample pack with your order. That's eight single serving packets free with any element order. All you have to do is go to drinklmnt.com slash KDP, and you can get your free sample pack with any order. Now, this is totally risk-free. If you don't like what you get, contact them and they will give you your money back. No questions asked. You really have nothing to lose. It's a fantastic product. And I can't wait to hear which flavor is your favorite. Now, you mentioned a couple of practices like ozone, the red light. Are there things that we can do to kind of talk about these practical solutions that we can kind of think outside the box? Because many of us are just using the Oral-B Smooth Glide floss and we're brushing our teeth twice a day. Is, is this enough? Should we be thinking about other practices that relates to just taking care of our mouths? 
Well, I think those are, I mean, gosh, if somebody's brushing twice a day and flossing once a day, like, wow, keep, keep going. That's awesome. Right. It'd be like, you know, not washing your hands. You know what I mean? Like when we get gunked up and, and I'm not like a hand sanitizer crazy, you know, like, oh, I, I got to make my body sterile kind of an idea. But you know what I mean? Like your hands get dirty. You wash them. Like it's just normal. Your teeth get dirty. You know, now granted you can brush them in a, an effective way by chewing certain foods, you know, like if you're digging into some good old kale, like crunchy things, uh, English cucumbers, those almost kind of clean your teeth as you go a handful of nuts, you know, due to the friction and such as we chew, but two of the most effective things I have seen, and this, you're not going to hear this elsewhere. I don't think when we help our lives, our energetic experience of life, reach that parasympathetic rest and digest state, which for a lot of people takes intentionality. Go figure, our saliva becomes more robust and healthier. The fluid that's inside of our teeth is able to flow from inside to out, you know? So like that makes a big difference. When When we're taking time to chill, you know, and the saliva is, you know, coming into the mouth and helping remineralize our own, enamel surfaces, go figure, people stay healthier. When we're in that total stress mode, go, 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 you know, constantly on the go, eating in your car, looking at your cell phone all day long. Like, and and that's a lot of people, you know, you're, you're going to be experiencing more of that fight or flight where fluid goes into the teeth and also do the acids of the foods that we're constantly snacking on, which brings up the point of how frequently we eat or snack absolutely matters. It seems to me like going back 20, 25 years ago when, uh, you know, I was getting out of dental school, like the nutritional concept of the day was you want to snack, 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 you know, you don't want to have these big meals. Well, that has massive impacts on dentistry, you know, because every time you eat something, you're going to take a dip in the acid pool, which lasts about a half an hour. If you're snacking every 15 to 20 minutes, or let's say somebody's got their thermosy mug with their double caramel frappuccino, whatever, and they sip on it for four hours, you're never outside of the acid pool and your teeth are going to break down. I mean, and that's, that's just the oral part, right? Not mentioning what else that might be causing in the gut health. But so my advice is find some downtime, have space between the times when you're eating and drink clean water. Like it's not that hard, you know? I mean, at least in where, you know, where we live, you know, it's, I'm sure there are parts of the world where clean water may be a challenge, but you know, in America, like generally it's pretty easy to get a clean glass, a reasonably clean glass of water. And uh, if you're having some downtime, drinking some water, like your saliva will be plentiful and protect your teeth. So don't, don't miss sight of that. I was not expecting that as a recommendation and I love it. <laughs> I love Thank that. Thank you. Yes. For anybody that wants to read a great book, it's a simple, simple book called Gut by Dr. Julia Enders. Talks all about gut health and she starts by appropriately discussing oral health and saliva. And it's just so, it's such a well-written book. There's good, good humor in it. You know, I mean, anytime you're talking about poop, right? You got to have a little laugh. You really do. <laughs> yeah, it's it's a great book. Uh, she wrote it when she was in medical school as a way of trying to explain to her friends gut health. You know, it was, it's really a cool book. I've had my whole team read it. 
That's awesome. That's awesome. Oh my goodness. I could talk with you for oodles of hours about all things mouth, but let's just, let's cut it here. Where can people find more from you, learn yes. about you, connect with you? I know you do a lot of events and Instagram yes. stuff. So tell us where we can connect. Yes, please. Thank you very much for the opportunity. So yes, Instagram is where I am sharing almost every week. Sometimes I recycle, but mostly it's fresh content every week in my Toxic Tuesday and Wellness Wednesday posts, my intention is to illustrate people's health struggles that have stemmed primarily through, you know, traditional dentistry and how their health has improved, like their story of health recovery through managing these dental issues. I, and sometimes we're, it's more factual, you know, like here's some interesting scientific stuff around fluoride exposure or mercury exposure or what have you. And yeah, we might want to do another another talk another time, Leanne. But, uh, and then I'm, I'm looking forward in 2024 to rebooting the Toxic Tooth Tour that I did in 2022, where I'll be going to at least 12 major cities across America and, and inviting people for a, a, a small fee, like just enough to cover our hotel room uh, so that they can learn firsthand live about the com most common dental issues that are tanking people's health and what they can do about it. So I'm really looking forward to that. Probably start that maybe like late February uh, 2024. And I'll probably be doing that for five or six months because I'm a full-time practicing dentist. So everywhere I go, I have to fly on a Friday and do it on a Saturday and fly home Sunday. But it's so it's so important to me to share this and make it available to people so that, you know, we can stop this needless suffering of health due to, to dental issues that are frankly being ignored. So I really look forward to meeting people as I'm going about the country next year. Keep and how will we out. find out? Yeah. Okay. So we'll just follow you on Instagram and Instagram, then you'll tell Instagram. us when those play, those things are happening because you will find me there if you're coming to Florida. <laughs> Absolutely. Oh, that'll be so fun. Absolutely. I know I'll be in Florida at least twice trying to hit a couple different areas because we have a lot of people reaching out from uh, the Southeast of America. I mean, you know, Atlanta, the Carolinas, Nashville. So I'm looking forward to getting that, you know, hitting that whole area and meeting people there. That's awesome. Well, thank you so much for coming on the show and sharing your brilliance. I learned a whole bunch and I hope there's at least a couple of ladies that are thinking differently because that's the goal of today's episode. Thanks again for coming on the show. Absolutely, Leanne. And just, you know, to your listeners, they can always reach out to us. We're happy to either see them as patients in our practice, or if it's, you know, more helpful to have them see someone close by, you know, we just want to be of service. So Thank you for the opportunity to be able to share all this. I hope you enjoyed our time with Dr. Blodgett. I know that I did. I love that we were able to just go through those common practices and drill down. <laughs> Total pun intended. Drill down on exactly what to look for, what the concerns are. Oh, I'm so happy we got to do that. And I hope that this was really helpful. So you can check out Dr. Kelly Blodgett by going to his Instagram, which is at Blodgett Dental Care. And his website is blodgettdentalcare.com. Okay, we will see you back here for another episode of the Keto Diet Podcast next Tuesday. Bye. 
Thanks for listening. Join us next Tuesday for another episode of the Keto Diet Podcast. Looking for more resources? Go to healthfulpursuit.com for keto meal plans, weight loss programs, low-carb recipes, and oodles of free resources to get you going. The Keto Diet Podcast, including show notes and links, provides information in respect to healthy living, recipes, nutrition, and diet, and is intended for informational purposes only. The information provided is not a substitute for medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment, nor is it to be construed as such. We cannot guarantee that the information provided on the Keto Diet Podcast reflects the most up-to-date medical research. Information is provided without any representation or warranties of any kind. Please consult a qualified health provider with any questions you may have regarding your health and nutrition program. 